Well, hello everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Lessons and Legacies. This is episode 26. The time is flying. I feel like it was just yesterday I was on the sixth episode, but uh, yes, coming at you guys live on Facebook and YouTube and also now on Spotify Monday through Friday at two o'clock, reminding you that there is always a blessing in every lesson. Your lessons that you learn become your legacies that you leave behind and therefore your stories are so important. And uh, as often as as it allows, I love to showcase special guests on the show and allow them to share their stories and experiences and also bring some faces to uh, the whole game here. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my very special guest of the day. It's as a new face and a new voice to Lessons and Legacy. And today we're gonna be dancing around love. So go ahead and introduce yourself however you would like to and uh, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hi all, I'm Jennifer. <laughs> I am Mel's neighbor. Yes. <laughs> I live right across the street. She's a wonderful neighbor and her daughters are fantastic. I have a little girl and I hope that they grow up to be just like them. And Mia loves, my Mia is the name of my daughter. She loves Charlotte and Sophie. Uh, she always talks like we pull up to the driveway. Charlotte and Sophie outside? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> always looking for them. Um, I am a speech language pathologist. I work in a private clinic in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I've been doing speech pathology for eight years now. Oh my gosh, eight years. And um, before that, I was a special education teacher. And I've kind of let go of my hours at the clinic. I used to be there for 40 hours and now I'm kind of, I'm at 20 hours a week now, so part-time. And I'm trying to start up my own business where I see kids in their homes for tutoring or for speech or what have you in the Charlotte area. So you would travel to their house? Um, well, currently that's what I'm doing. I have two kiddos that are on my caseload that I go to their house cool. and I provide some speech therapy for them. Now, how is um, how has the pandemic affected what you're doing with the kids and stuff? So the way that I advertised my services was, uh, you know, it was a, a long process. Because I made these like cute little postcards. Do I have any with me? I have them in my room. I have these cute you little postcards. And this is, well, and I, yeah, I could go ahead and show you. It just has like my picture on it and be like, does your child have difficulty with behaviors? Do you, you wish your child... Um, could socialize better in social situations. Are they a picky eater? And trying to, you know, captivate my audience. And um, my, not my email, but my phone number was on the card. And I was stimulated to do all of this at, during the pandemic. So I said, teletherapy sessions are also available. So I think because of the pandemic, a lot of people didn't feel like contacting me because, right. you know, it's this stranger in my home and what have you. But I do have two kids, the parents, are well aware that I have another job, that I have a daughter, and we've I've been seeing these two kids since August. So I just I'm very careful. Like when I'm out in public, I wear a mask. I'm very particular to keep my social distancing, but at the so same time. I think it's awesome. I think that's awesome that you do that. Um I have been a homeschool mom since mine have been born. And uh also recently this year, you know right when the pandemic started happening, we did try to like send them to school, like the online virtual school and whatnot. And I just gotta say, um, 
there is a lot involved in being a teacher. And so I, I just totally, and especially for what you do too, I know there's a lot of extra and special skills that go along with what you do and a lot of special qualities you need, like that patience and that grace and your tone and all that stuff. I just, I admire what you do as a profession well, and I have much respect for it. Oh, thank you. You talk about patience and you talk about um, your tone. I didn't really learn that until I was a speech pathologist. When I was a teacher, I remember being very overwhelmed, very depressed. Like I knew the special education population is what I wanted to work with that I mm -hmm. felt like was my calling. But I was, I was in such a state of like, what am I doing with my life? Because they were such severe kids, young age. And there was at first when I, my very first job, I was 23 years old. I had a classroom of started out as six kids by June. It was like 14 kids of oh special needs kids. And I just didn't feel like I was changing the world. And, you know, young girl out of college, I want to change the world. I want to do better. And I just went into a significant depression of just like, what am I doing? Right. Um, and I stuck with it. I tried to continue to do it. I tried to change schools and I just wasn't happy. But I know that what I'm doing now, like I love what I'm doing. It's the one-on-one, -on -one. like going back to school for my master's in speech pathology and then having the opportunity to have the experience to work with one on kids one-on-one. -on -one. You can also develop a more, a sensitive culture within the family because it's, this one child, I have to, I have to see the parents at the end of every session, at the beginning of every session. So right. I felt like I was making a lot more progress with, with, with that environment of teaching, if you will. We have some friends joining us. We've got uh, Precious Pauling in the house. She's uh, Precious Pauling has the I Choose Me Bling Boutique that made. Uh, she made the Kids Are Dope shirt for little baby Mia. Yeah, and he's the writer of the How, How Special Are You, one of a kind book that little baby Mia also has. <laughs> so yes, I joining have in. those things. She's tagging, tagging everybody like crazy. Miss Vivian Reed's in the house, and hello, beautiful ladies. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys are having a good day. Um, it is probably like 50 degrees and sunny here in Charlotte, North Carolina, which has been a blessing because to me, it's been in my world, a little too cold and gray for my preference level. But today I have been outside just standing in the sun as often and frequently as I can, just trying to soak it up. So I hope it's beautiful where everybody else is. I know Precious is local, but um, I had a I had a question for you too. Oh, so back to doing the speech pathology and whatnot, like what kind of kids do you work with? Like what are their... Um, you know, like, do you work with like autistic kids or kids with like uh, attention disorders or like what kind? The, exactly what you said. Oh, yeah. I have, there's literally a spectrum. So in addition to children with autism and in addition to children with learning disabilities, I've also worked with kids who have feeding difficulties. Um, one of uh, like speech can be broken up into so many different categories. There's the social right. components. So like children with autism, they don't make eye contact. They don't know how to start conversation. They perseverate on certain topics. So you want to make sure that you teach them how to promote turn taking in conversation. So there's that component, the social component. And then there's the receptive language component. A lot of children with attention deficit disorder have a difficult time following directions, auditory processing disorders, like speech is warranted for that. So following right. multi-step directions in a classroom, expressive language, like how to use vocabulary, that's another speech pathologist's job. And then articulation, the way that you sound, 
sometimes kids can't pronounce their L sound or their R sound. I can work with that as well. So, so you do all of those things? Yes, I have all like, mm-hmm. now what I don't like, so what I am trained to do and what I have my certification to do, I could also do voice. I don't like, so sometimes like transgenders, if they are transitioning from male to female or female to male, there are professionals that can work with those. That wow. There's, I had no um, idea. That's awesome. And like there, some speech pathologists find their niche because there's it's such a variety. It's some speech pathologists find their niche, and feeding is not my niche. I could do it. I could probably do it for. <laughs> I would do like six to eight weeks, and then say if we're not making progress, I would research of what other behavior eating therapists or feeding therapists maybe in the area. Sometimes some kids, like especially with Down syndrome they will have weak oral motor musculature. So I can provide them with home exercise programs, which is homework for the parents to practice at least five times a week where they work on lip strength, tongue strength, cheek strength, all this stuff that you need in order to articulate your words correctly. So I never would have thought of all that. Honestly, I wouldn't think that all of that went into it. That's pretty amazing. And I will say, I'll ask you another question here. Um, So my niece, was recently like in this last year was diagnosed with Asperger's and um, she has a really hard time um, like learning. She has to learn things slower. She's got to process everything slower. But one thing that came up through taking her to therapy and whatnot is the tone. Like the mom had to start going through therapy and stuff too, to like when niece is is messing up and and doing things wrong instead of like we do as parents like oh stop put that down i said no like the tone would send her off into like these emotional fits and stuff and and it would really slow down her progress and it was up until and this has been an issue for the longest time with her and then once they diagnosed her with the asperger's they said when you respond to her your tone you have to talk very even keel nice and soft, slow, explain. And then she won't go into these like negative, damaging, fitful fits, you know? And um, it helped, it helped a lot when they started changing the way that they communicated with her via tone. So I guess I would I would say, would you say as a speech pathologist that tone is kind of an implement, it's a, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's a really important, thing to implement when parenting, whether your children have special needs or not. Because I've also found that, you know, my kids as of right now, they don't have any learning disabilities that we're aware of. But even when it comes to disciplining them, I noticed that me yelling and going and all aggravated and whatever, it really doesn't get the job done. But I do find that if I keep a calmer tone and make that eye contact and really just, okay, this is why we're not going to do it. X, Y, Z, they, they process it and then they respond accordingly. You know what I mean? I feel like tone is, is a probably a really important tool to keep with your kids, no matter what, as a teacher or a parent or whatever, special needs aside. Yeah. Correct. You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. I mean, even with a two-year-old Maria, uh, Maria, (laughs) Mia is going through the terrific news. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) Yeah, meltdowns. And I also work heavily with a heavy populated field of occupational therapists. And Mm -hmm. so what occupational therapy um, does, it used to be primarily for fine motor, the tiny muscle movements that the therapist would work on zipping, 
tying your shoelace, buttoning your jacket. Right. It has migrated into, in addition to that, they have had training on sensory issues and um, what is going to help the child succeed in their environment. So do you decrease your tone of voice? Do they need a swing before they have to sit down and do work? Do they need to be outside and run around? That's what the occupational therapist does. And that's something that they would also address. But like you said, your tone of voice and to kind of backtrack with Mia going through her stages of tantrums, sometimes if I just take a moment, I breathe and kind of read the situation, does she need a hug? Does she need right. us to like find a different place to sit down? Like, do we need to go in her room? Do we know to go to the living room? Do we need to go to mommy's bed? Do we need to relax before we have a conversation and figure out what's going on? It, it, it's very important. There's a quote. Oh, I wish I brought it with me. It's about when a child is having a fit or a meltdown, it is so important for that parents, that caregiver, it is so important for there not to be two children in a highly energized situation. You need to be their anchor and they need to have their fit and you need to find some sort of peace within yourself. And it's very right. difficult to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> be that anchor and to be that calm yeah. and to be, well, to be their calm in the storm. And it's also for children with autism. It's for children that are, it's for teenagers. It's for everybody. It's very difficult to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm being tested Vivian by it says sure. over here, uh, the labels make her sick sometimes. And I'm guessing she's meaning towards like all of the different, like, um, learning disabilities and kids with special needs and all that stuff. Like, I think a lot of what you do, the tools that you provide are beneficial to all people, all kids, you know, even talking about like, I would have never thought that like for transgender kids, you know, adolescents or whatever that are transitioning or whatever, needing a voice coach for that, I would never be on my radar. You know, that I'm like, that's a, a really beautiful gift and skill that you're gifting the world and, and these kids by doing that. How old is the um, gamut of kids that you work with usually? I work right now on my caseload. I have kids that are ages preschool to the oldest kid I have is 13. I oh, used wow. to serve um, a child or I guess an adult with Down syndrome who was 21 years old, but then he, his insurance no longer covered pediatric care. And um, I also have, oh, I still have a 20 year old on my caseload that I see on the weekly that we're working on auditory processing, following directions, articulation. He qual he makes very like for the, the clinic that you for clinics when speech pathologists work in outpatient clinics or working one-on-one -on -one with kids and they're taking insurance, you always want to prove that they're making progress. So like that is right, the key. Right. Like, are we making progress? Like we have these goals that are written out based on how you performed on your assessment. Are we making progress? So this 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 man, this he's 20 years old, he'll be 21 next fall in September, he's slowly making progress with his speech and he's wonderful. Aww, so, that's got to be so fulfilling for you. It, it, it is. The majority of the kids I work with, though, the majority of them are elementary school aged. Okay. Uh, Precious says uh, she agrees and says that tone is everything and it matters. It builds up or crushes one's confidence. Amen to that. I know. I mean, even as an adult, when my husband comes home with a tone, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yes. enough to build you up or break you down. The tone is everything. Yeah. Um, tone is the difference, she says. Precious says, the tone is the difference between a holla and a roar. <laughs> it's true. That's for sure. 
And Vivian says, uh, the, he, she said, no, the kids that we have, they need some discipline called a butt whooping. <laughs> I can't, I can't kick ass, she says, or kick blank. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> yes, that's true. I know a lot of, a lot of the kids do need uh butt whooping. I used to get my whooped all the time and, uh, my kids have gotten their little spankings, but they had diapers pretty much most of the time. It was like, don't stick the fork in the electrical outlet. You know, I think that they've gotten a, a, a swat on the butt a couple times for mouthing off too, too far, you know, <laughs> but other than that, it stopped there. I try to do everything, uh, you know, explain. And I just, I don't know for me to get to that point to have to do that. It's like, I've already gone too far off the spectrum and I don't, I try to not even get to that point anymore. I try to be like preventative, I guess. Let's not get to that sixth floor of the hotel. You know what I mean? Right. But every <laughs> child has their own personality. Like Mia, right. I don't, ha I haven't had the, uh, Brian and I both believe um, we, we don't hit. Mm -hmm. um, however, Mia's personality warrants that in the sense that if you raise your voice, if it's a different tone, she, because it's, she's her own personality, she's her own child. If we, like if she goes and runs in the middle of the street and we grab her hand and say, no, she will start crying. Right. She had a trouble. She had a difficult time in daycare. Her first daycare that we went to that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, she was biting and she kept biting, kept biting. I was like, this isn't, she's trying to verbalize something. She's trying to communicate that she's not happy. Something's going on and I'm not comfortable with this situation. Well, one weekend she bit Brian and he screamed and said, no, we don't bite. And she cried and she hadn't, she didn't try it again. Oh, well, uh, Sophie and Charlotte were mixed. Like Charlotte was the one growing up that, uh, Vivian, she's, she made me die. Do you think I've been abusive? abusive? No, that's why I said it depends on the kid and their no, personality. Like it depends on own. I was hit growing up, like not just, like for those pops. And I just, I'm trying, who knows? Ask me in two years if I pop Mia, maybe. Right, <laughs> I don't know. exactly. I know, yes. <laughs> yeah, Sophie, Sophie was one that uh, she was never affected by yelling or screaming or anything like that. She laughs like oh, laugh at me no he turned redder than my shirt right now and so she's one that has gotten popped way more than charlotte charlotte was one we discovered at a very young age with her i think she's only had maybe one handful of spankings ever and as a baby but she very sensitive to tone does not like it's a, it's it's like a counterproductive almost it shuts her down any kind of physical contact or yelling or screaming just she was one from, I'd say, two years old all the way up, except now she's getting into the hormonal phase and mood swings. So that's going out the window again. But through the rest of the time, she was one that if I responded to with that calm tone, stern voice, but calm and explained why she would learn from it and wouldn't do it again. But now all this, the hormones and the moodiness and all that stuff, she's blossoming into a little diva these days. So now... Uh, She's not as affected by the yelling and screaming, but she's too big. I don't touch like I don't, she's too big to spank and stuff anymore. But um, 
yeah, totally two different side approaches to these kids. And so that makes parenting very fun and interesting because what one what works for one ain't always going to work for the other. And then as they grow up, there's that whole double standard thing like, how come she got this and, and, and only got punished this way and I get spanked and I get this? And it's like, she listens this way and you don't listen that way. So we have to you know, hit both sides of the coin. P parenting is a tricky street when it comes to discipline and effective disciplining. And again, I think a lot of it does boil down to the tone and the response. Some kids need to, to hear it loud and that's enough. You know, some, some kids it's traumatic for them and sends them in a tailspin of a downward spiral, you know? Yeah. Um, Vivian says, uh, some kids do not pay attention to tone forever. Eventually it doesn't matter what tone you use. I think, well, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, like I said, I, as, as an adult myself, I mean, I've done these shows where I've gone on other people's shows and I can tell in the first minute that I'm talking to the person, like you had a bad day, didn't you? And I'm like, I take it on my shoulders. Like, is it cause you don't want to be here talking to me? Is it this? Is it that? I think when my husband comes home and I ask him how his day is and he's like, he could say just great or just great are just great. And I'm like, instantly I'm keyed into that tone. I think we, we, I, I think we're conditioned and born to pick up on tone since the beginning. I think we learn we learn tone before we learn words as babies. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that's really that's, good I go back to when the kids were little and it's like, they don't know what the hell you're saying to them. And you're like, Ooh, coochie, coo, 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 or ah, 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 or stinky. Like they pick up on, she smiles when she makes this higher tone, but she looks upset when her voice is low. I think kids, that's one of the first things we learn is tone. So yeah. I feel like personally, I think that tone always matters to people's hearts, I guess. And, and how you're, but again, you can say one sentence in five different tones and have it mean something totally different each time you say it, but it's the same five words, you know? So I feel like tone and inflection is super important myself. For sure, yeah. Um, all right, so I wanna get into this book of yours. One of, the, <laughs> one of the cool things, all right, the reason Jen, neighbor Jen is on the show here, um, We've how long have we been neighbors? Three years? I've been here Two years. about almost four years in July. Four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, every time everybody asks, what to, how long have you been in this house? I'm always like three years, four years. I don't know. We're probably at seven now. I don't, I just, I get stuck at a certain time period and forget to progress on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so three, four years now we've known each other and been neighbors. And uh, I was sharing the new podcast stuff and the shows with her the other day. And um We've known each other all these this time. She knew I just wrote a book. She's bought my book. And she just informed me that she's been working on a children's book for quite some time now. I'm like, how have we not ever talked about this before? <laughs> so yeah, I was really, really excited. You're like, uh, as far as I know, in this neighborhood, the only other author I know. So <laughs> that's really cool and exciting Thank for me. You. And um, we do have, we've got some people who are authors that are watching right now and illustrators and whatnot who, have, who are entrepreneurs. And I would love for you to talk about A, the book, with what is the book, what's the goal, and then like where you are with things. And if you have any questions or, you know, we were talking about it the other day, um, I'm sure it's all going to come out in, in the conversation, but you're kind of in a, a standstill with the process for certain things. 
And so let's see if we can gain some insight and some resources and guidance from our audience friends. And uh, what's the goal? What's your dream out of it? You so know, let me I, you answer you asked me the questions in my short term memory. <laughs> I was trying to hang on to every word. So what was the first question that you asked me? What would you like? You want me to talk about the book? Yeah. So tell us what's the what's the name of the book? What's it about? Okay, what the name of the want to write a book? A children's it's just something book. that I've always dreamed of doing. I've always wanted to write a children's book. I incorporate a lot of reading into my speech pathology. A lot of the kids that I see, I will. Let's say I take out what's a book that everybody the wild things everyone knows mm -hmm. like where the wild things are right so I will take that book and maybe I see a kid that I am working on the R sound for my first like I see a kid at nine o'clock we're gonna work on his R sound that's one of his goals so I'll read that book and mm -hmm. all the words that have R and then we're gonna practice those maybe the next kid that I see we're working on WH questions from ten to eleven o'clock I'm seeing that kid and I'm going to take that book out and I'm reading like a book for the entire week and. Right. I just always loved children's literature. You could just do so much with it. It's a way to like help kids go into a whole new world. And with this day and age with not just social media, but like everything is on TV oh, yeah. and it's so captivating. I'm still a big believer in books. Like I the am simplicity too. of it's a front cover. Is the only thing I hoard in this house is books. And I have been that way since I was a kid, always with my nose in a book. So Big, big book fan here. And <laughs> I'm you have <laughs> given me a, a bunch of books. You've given me a lot of books. So I, growing up, did not like reading. I've, my mom and dad are going to get so mad when I reveal this. But I remember <laughs> being in fourth grade, and I had a reading log that I had to fill out, a reading log. And I like went to them crying. I said, I promise, I promise I'm going to write these books down, but please just sign them off for me. And I promise to read them. I, for some reason, like I can read, I can comprehend, but I never enjoyed reading ever. I never <laughs> got into reading, but as I've gotten older in my profession, I've just loved children's books. So, this book that I wrote is about a manatee named Monty. The book is called Monty. I don't really have a, you know, pizzazz title. And it's about Monty, a manatee. Monty the manatee. Monty the manatee works for me. Well, it's just it's just Monty the title right now. Monty. But it's about this manatee, and I picked the manatee because are there any books about manatees? Not, I mean, like any children's books about manatees. Not I also I wanted to give. I also wanted to give life to like a character in the sea that isn't well known. So I wanted to. I that's what was my intention behind picking a manatee, and it's about a manatee that goes around the big ocean and he gossips about his ocean friends. And um, after going to one, like, so he makes fun of like Dolly the dolphin. He then makes fun of Seymour the seahorse. And then he makes fun of Tammy the turtle. And then Tyson the turtle says, you know what? Sounds like you're unhappy with yourself. And so Marty <laughs> takes some time and he reflects. And then he goes and he apologizes after he does some reflection. And then the, the whole intention behind the book is to teach kids and caregivers like sometimes and I'm sorry and this is not really like addressed in the book but my intention behind it is like sometimes I'm sorry isn't good enough your words right. are very impressionable and sometimes you have to make up for that with more words so like I'm sorry for this I'm sorry for that like right. can we work on this and I'm just a big believer in like we need to condition kids 
to help them understand what an apology is and what kindness is from preschool on all the way yeah like there are just so many bullies in this world and so many Mm. mean people that i understand in order to get things done you need to like have a goal and you need to be very intentional toward that goal however your tone yes the way that you approach things i think is very important in order for people to be successful in the work environment for people to feel like they are uplifted in the work environment Mm -hmm. There's just so much behind this book that I have like intentions for, but yeah, I, uh, the main one is like teaching apologies and kindness. And that's love. That's growing a world from love right there. I love it. So do you, so where are you in the grand scheme of it all? Have you, is the book totally written? I know you are working with an illustrator. The book is totally written and it is completely drawn out. There are four watercolor photos that I have, but I am now, you know, you have educated me on other things that I can do to get it published. I'm not rushing to get it published because because the illustrations are not finished and I realize I could go down other avenues to consider. I right now am at a standstill where like before I contacted you, I was emailing literary agents and I currently still am to see if like it's something that they want to move forward with. And I've gotten at least 12 no's right now. Like they're like, this is not what I'm looking for, not what I'm looking for, not what I'm looking for. And um, I would need like in order for me to like move forward with it to make it more enticing with the illustrations, I would have to go down one of the avenues that you educated me on the other day but um right now i have all of the drawings it is completely written i just need it to be fully colored and then published and so that's what you're so you have you have a special illustrator that's doing this yes he's done several yes yes so um he's my favorite illustrator from all of the books that i have read i've just been captivated by the life that he brings to a page. His name is Charles Fuge and he has an Instagram page with an email address. I was like, you know what? I finished my children's book. I finished it in um, December of 2019. And in January of 2020, I'm gonna email him and see what he says. And he emailed me back right away. And his tone in emails, his, uh, his ability to shed kindness and patience and just the process of working with him has been remarkable. He has been such a light. He has just, I can't even accurately articulate just how wonderful it was to correspond via email. I've never talked to this guy over the phone, but he was the way that he addressed it. He was like, if I like it, I will, um, you know, I, I will then bring it to my agent and then we will see, cause he has an agent that he works with. Mm-hmm. Um, now his agent didn't like it. His agent was said, or I shouldn't say that she didn't like it, he or she. Charles told me that it was too long, that the words, the vocabulary I had in there was a little bit too much for the population that I was aiming for, and that I should make the book shorter. So while so Charles said that he would still draw out the entire book and that he would pick we would together pick four illustrations for him to color in. And during that time I can edit it and then send it back to his agent. And so that's where what has been done. But with COVID, things have kind of stopped. Like the agent has taken it, but I don't know. And he's over in Great Britain. So I don't think, I I don't, the process for a US publishing company to pick up the book is just going to, uh, it's just kind of at a standstill right now. 
Now, I, if you're okay with it, I want to talk about the monetary side of things here. Yeah. Can I? Okay. Just making sure. Um, so as we were discussing last week or whatever about the book, Jen laid it on me how much she is spending on these illustrations, which then a whole nother slew of conversation came after that. And um, a part of the reason why I want to bring this up is because um, many of you guys that are watching are going to catch the replay. I know that you might have some suggestions in this area, but uh, tell them how much is the illustrating costing you? For me to finish the book, just based on, yes, on for Charles to finish the book, the time that he needs to do it, it's going to be about $8,000 to finish the illustrations of the book. I, it's, uh, how much? $8,000. Not 800 guys. $8,000 to finish just the illustrations for this. That's, whoa. It's so, for sure. Yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, we started talking back and forth and it was like, you know, there's different areas and avenues we can go on so that it isn't going to be so expensive. But I loved your response that came out of the end of the conversation. It was just, and this is another reason we're talking about love today, loving what you do, loving what you're putting out there. It's, if it's coming from a place of love, it's all good. But she said that she was so in love with the idea. She's loved working with the illustrator. He's been very diligent. She is in love with the illustrations. She can't see it any other way. So she, has it pretty much made up in her mind that she wants to stick with this. Doesn't matter. Like the money, it's like, you know, it's love when, when money is not really an object, you know, it's, and I think there's, there's that magic in your project because money isn't an object. Although are you rich? Oh no. No, you don't have that $8,000. Do you? No. no, I don't. <laughs> so it, it, it's a matter of, okay, well, I want it done this way from my heart. Money is no object. And yeah, it might take me five years to do it. I don't want it to take you five years to get this project out because you've already been working on it. And that, that, that love in your heart needs to come out while it's, while it's doing its thing, you know? So, uh, I was thinking, you know, you, you had thought about doing a GoFundMe page was something we discussed. Yeah, guys, so I was like in the process of doing it and just didn't feel right. <laughs> Why? I mean, I'm just I, like, I still, I, I want to also ask the illustrator if that would be appropriate for me to do to try, try to, try to go ahead and go that avenue. I also want to upload a link of me reading the book before mm -hmm. it is put up there. To, and I don't really know how GoFundMe works. I've been, I was about to like hit submit and like declare like, okay, a link will be posted of me reading the book in the upcoming weeks. And then I started reading reviews on GoFundMe and not all of them were very positive. So it just kind of shot down my, my motivation. <laughs> right. Well, there's the GoFundMe thing, but you know, um, you can always do Facebook too. We could do, do what? Facebook, a Facebook fundraiser. So, yes, you're right. But Mel, then after Mia goes to bed and the girls go to bed, you need to give me a tutorial. I am never on Facebook and I tried to upload links that you've sent me. I've tried to read messages. I've tried to like, you know, 
mute some people, undo some things like, and I don't even know how Facebook works. I was on it in college. And then for Lent, I gave up Facebook because I was on it too much. <laughs> and so I hadn't been on until I made another account for a reason. And I can't remember what that reason was, but I made it and I, my habit of not being on there just like carried over. I just have no desire. Like, even though it is a great place to connect with people, I just have not been on it diligently and I don't know how to work it. I get you. I get you. Well, I'm actually pretty savvy with Facebook, so I can I can put stuff together for you. No problem. I think we should put together a little Facebook page for the book. That yeah, way you can do videos just like we're doing right now. You can do videos of you reading and showing the pictures and posting all about the journey of the book. And then within that, we can set up the fundraiser so you can share that and post that within the book's page. And that way, anytime somebody wants to donate and submit and sow a seed, you, you put your cash out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I can do it for you tonight. <laughs> oh gosh. You like and then once, once yeah. you're ready to get rolling with the book, we make you a little e-commerce store and put your book there. And that's free. And you can sell that with a link. Any, anybody who's got PayPal or whatever can um, pre-order. You know, we're gonna have to work out a contract yeah. where you get some sort of commission from this. <laughs> oh, we help each other. We're neighbors. Yeah, but we're, I have like no yeah. idea. Like uh, that, just the, all of the potential, all of the ideas, all of the different routes you can take. It overwhelms me, and then like I immediately shut down, and I'm like, all right, go distract yourself with something. Else. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's there's so many options, but you know that was something I I kind of overcame in 2020. I was one of those people too. Like, ah, oh, I I don't know how to do that technology scary thing for me. But I was I did take a class um, by uh, Lisa Santiago last. Uh, March, I want to say it was maybe February, March, something like that, and learned how to make an e-commerce store. And since then, I've been helping other people with theirs. I've got one. My kids have got one. And I'm like, I just made my own website. Who knew I could do that? And so now I'm like, sure, why not make a podcast? Sure, why not do this? Why not do that? You know, once you get over that little hump of the fear and you see that, hey, if you ask, people will help you. And sometimes, you know, you just got to be brave and go for it. And then you feel all accomplished afterwards. And then you can help other people so that they can help other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Vivian says she she loves your book. She likes your book a lot after you were describing, Monty. Oh, I was like, I haven't even read it yet. No, she's saying she likes your book. Like the whole idea of, oh, you know, you, running Vivian. around and making fun of everybody. And then, you know. Uh, uh, I apologize. My friend Precious always says, you, and you said that, and it's based, uh, sometimes the apology takes a little bit more than I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not always good enough. And she always, she's she's always one that says, um, like, do the sorry, be the sorry, do the sorry. Not, don't just say sorry, do the sorry. You know, like actions speak louder than words sometimes. So, But sometimes, sometimes like even with Mia being two years old, like she doesn't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to say I'm sorry. And like, it's just so important at a young age to cultivate like empathy. Like you did this and it hurt me. And I know that you're mad and I respect that you're emotion, like you're experiencing the emotion of mad, but I deserve an apology and it will make me feel better. Like being their coach through all of this. Like I have a little yeah. one that I want her to understand what I'm sorry means and like maybe to have a filter before and I, I'm sorry could even occur like 
you don't need to go make fun of your friend at school because she's wearing a massive bow the size of her head. Like figure <laughs> out some sort of positive from it. Cause I never put bows in Mia's he head, but like, if you, you don't have to be like, that bow is ugly. You could say, wow, you have a bright bow in your hair. It's really right, nice. Right. You don't have positive. to say you like it, but Most like positive make a positive out of it. Yes. Right. And I That's think it's hilarious. important for other kids to hear that too. Like other kids need that kind of, that kind and of that kids. Not just kids. Adults, Adults need that too. too. This is, <laughs> this is going to be one of those uh, children's books that are not just for children, right? That's what um, I mean. That's kind of, even though all of the liter the literary agents have that I've submitted it to have either not emailed back or have told me hardcore now, I'm like, you can benefit from this book. I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> See it my <Yes>. way. <laughs> Precious says, do the thank you. Do sorry. Yvette's pointing in from Massachusetts, giving you love. Yvette's giving love to Vivian and Precious there. Hello, hello. Um, yeah. Well, I'm really excited. So, you guys, if you have any other suggestions for Jen out there in ways that she can um, <coughs> acquire the proper funds to help this book project move forward. Grant, I like the idea. Years. You know, potentially finding another illustrator, even though I see it this way. If there isn't any movement with it, I could always have a conversation with my illustrator and say, look, nothing's being done. Maybe it's because the photo, the illustrations aren't finished. Are you OK with me handing the manuscript to somebody else? I would be saddened. I really do want to raise the money for him to do it. However, I understand that it's very expensive. I might have to consider other avenues, but. Well, like I told you, too, you can have more than one illustrator, you know, take what you have from him, those four colored in ones. And then, like, you can have somebody else work the other pages in between there for, true, for yeah. a different price. That way, it's still him. It's still him and his work in there. But if you really have it in your heart that you want it done by him in that way, I would say don't give up on what your heart's dream is. And yeah. let's, okay, if that's the end goal and that's what you truly want... Let's find a way. We don't we don't compromise it. You don't compromise on the dream. Let's find a way to make it happen. So if you guys have any other suggestions besides the GoFundMe, besides the Facebook fundraiser and e-commerce kind of things, please let us know because we're looking for resources and guidance and whatnot here. Um, thank you for the tags, Vivian and Yvette. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. So do you happen to have any of the illustrations so that they can see? what we're I, talking about i i do i have um i mean the drawings are going to be really hard to see well you can here. hold it up see if you can hold it up to the thing well this is like a printed copy. do you want like the, do you want the originals or do you want the, my printed version because then i'll have to, go to go. okay well Whichever i have a printed version. better this is a printed version this is the cover this is monty mm. very cute he's so cute with his chubby little cheeks <laughs> Those are the main characters of the book. Um, this is the last page of the book. This is the watercolor one. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so beautiful. So yeah. did he, is this digital watercolor so, that he did or did he actually watercolor paint? I, I keep or? saying watercolor. He may have done colored pens. I'm so uneducated when it comes to like the form of illustration. It looks like the originals that I have on my dresser are um, like on these massive big pieces of paper. And I went to FedEx 
and I said, I need all of these scanned in. Or actually, Charles scanned in all the black and whites, and I had the FedEx color, FedEx people at FedEx office scan in, and also it's like one PDF document. So that's how it's on paper and easy for me to. So pretty. Yeah. Do you have that one that you showed me the other day? Yes. So let me get that one. I love the color. I'm all about like the soft greens and whatnot. I love the color. So this is the one that I showed you. Oh, I love him. He's so and fat and delicious. This <laughs> is him being the conniving gossiper that he is. Oh, naughty Monty. He's being naughty. So naughty. Mm -mm. He's spreading gossip through the sea. Don't do it, Monty. Don't, Don't do, it, Monty. do it, Monty. Don't spread that gossip. <laughs> <laughs> that, that and then he did one more for me. Um, so he makes fun of this seahorse. The seahorse isn't running as fast. Seymour as the, the seahorse. Seymour the seahorse. And then so um, he goes and apologizes to Seymour. And this is the watercolor of Seymour. He's so cute. I love the little seahorse too. Oh my goodness! It looks like he's about to give him a kiss. It looks like he's about to eat him, <laughs> but like I. It's like super close. That but, is awesome. You know, it's heated. Like, so that's, it's just hard for me to see it a different way. <laughs> yeah, I see. And you see, you already have that. I know you want it to be consistent and whatnot. And personally, I know my first initial reaction when you told me about the book was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. And then when you said, yeah, it's going to be like $8,000 more for me. And I'm like, you, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? But, you know, then, like I said, after we talked more, like I, I normally my first like my first response was, no, we can do this. You could make 10 books for eight thousand dollars and then some, you know, and promotional shit to go with. <laughs> like, right. You know, right, right. You I know, know that's that. a lot of money just for an illustrator, like a lot. But I am a big believer in following your heart. And if you have a dream and you have that vision, like, don't let that go. Don't let that go. I know Precious is a big one. She'd tell you the same thing. You hold on to that vision and just find the way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, there's you know? more that I want to do with this book than just, like, I don't want it to be my way of making money. Like, if all the proceeds to this, all the, all the profit that I get from this book, I have intentions for it to go not in my pocket and not for me to live. It's to other things and goals I have written out that I plan to do with it. Like, I, I'm such a busybody. I need to work maybe not full-time, but like, I love coaching, like fitness coaching. And I love what I do with kids, the profits for this book. Like I want to do seminars for kids in schools. And then like, I have intentions on giving more to the community with this book. So that's really, that's the have reason why it's hard thought, for me to. Have you ever thought about doing a nonprofit? I don't even know what the, like I people are like oh I do this for nonprofit nonprofit and I was like I know like what that means but like what does that mean because there are so many people that do nonprofits and then like they take it or like I I don't know there's just horror stories that you hear with nonprofit I like I said I don't read very much I'm very bad at reading like what goes on <laughs> in the world but like I hear stuff and I'm just like so nonprofit I don't even know the avenue to go do that but I was I like the idea of a Facebook page of me reading the book and like if people want to donate for me to finish the illustrations and like move forward with that that would be awesome i just think like with the nonprofit situation like you could create a business around it you're saying you want to do more than than you want to do stuff with this book so you can build yeah. a little business a nonprofit business around it where you like i i don't know i'm going to talk i'm going to 
Pre I have to talk to Precious this afternoon and she does her children's book around um, with her nonprofit and she does a lot of speaking and goes to the libraries and does that stuff too. I, I, I'm going to pick out her brain, Precious, later this afternoon. We're going to chit chat and uh, maybe you can give some direction to Jen here on how she might be able to work her upcoming goals with the book and making her impact on the kids in our community um, coming up here. She's, she's, uh, I've, I did a nonprofit once and I actually was a kid myself. I was 17 oh, and um, it was called Wigs for Kids. I was working for a salon owner as a receptionist and I went to hair school and I wanted to do that for a long time. And she sent me to go learn how to make a nonprofit and she, we made hers called Wigs for Kids. And it was funny. Um, so I was 16, 17 years old when I did this for her in Michigan and I'm 36 years now. So it's like 20 years ago. Last year when I went to Michigan to visit my family, I was driving down the street where her salon used to be and it was not in that spot anymore, but it was like a half mile down. It used to be like this tiny little house of a salon, like a, like a little house, honestly. There was like four chairs, it was tiny. And now it's this massive building and she's not, it's not her salon anymore. It's wigs for kids. And it's the logo that I designed when I was 16 years old. I still have all the paperwork and stuff for it in the attic. I'm like, oh my God, like 20 years later, it's a building. It's my logo. It's everything. Like, so I don't know. I think that's cool. She had that dream. She stuck with it. She followed her heart and it took her 20 years to get into that big old building and stuff like that. But it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, you know? And uh, then, yeah, the nonprofit setup isn't too hard. And like for you, you're not trying to make money off of it, but for you to be able to go to classes and hand out free copies of your book to the kids in that class, being a nonprofit, you can accept donations and funding from other areas so that it's not, you're not the one paying for it. You can still do all your stuff for free. Maybe you're, you're not- Oh, see, like I don't see- You make money to pay yourself, but yeah. if you can fund, enough to then put your message out there so not other people don't have to be spending the money. Um, that's a way that can help too. So okay. I will, uh, I'll pick out my, my girl's brain this afternoon and see what it would take to get you started on that area. And then uh, we'll chat about it. And maybe that's a possible avenue for you. And you can do tons of fundraisers as a nonprofit too. That can help fund your book. That can help get your illustrations finished as well. So, and I'm great with fundraising. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> you know, you have it all. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we came here today to talk about love. And I think what we did was talk about what we love to do. You have a love for children, for language, for speech, for relationships. And you got a love for this book. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so tickled for you to be going through the experience. And I don't want it to uh, take forever. Because I told you the other day, I have another friend, Brian Keith McNeil. He'll tell me, he he said it once to me, and I think I shared it with you the other day, like, you got to strike while the iron's hot because ideas cool off, that passion cools off sometimes. So if you, if you were to, if I, if I were to be able to tell you right now, without a doubt, for a fact, it was going to take you four years, seven months, and 12 days <clears throat> to get that book done. Wouldn't you have a little slump in your shoulder? You'd probably be like, oh, four and a half years. Boy, I got time. And you're not going to be moving along too fast on it, you know? But you've got this passion. You've got the desire. You've got the things in your hand. You've got people here trying to give you resources and direction and, and able to help kind of 
if we can fuel this and make the money happen quicker, I want to see your dream get out there quicker so you can start making changes in these kids' lives, make a difference in this world quicker because yeah. we need it now, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I love that. I love your mindset. It's great. And Vivian yeah. says, congratulations for your book to you, Jen. And you guys are going to have to stay tuned because, uh, yes, this is all brand new stuff we're going to be working on together, I think. And I am looking forward. I think we're going to have Jen back probably sooner than she thinks with some serious updates and progress and maybe a cash app and a store site and a website that you guys could all potentially go so a $5, $10, $20 blessing or post a link or send an email. Try this website. By the way, Vivian said Big Sis Media is fantastic too. So I have to look that up and see. That might be a good um, avenue for us to check out too, a site for you to check out. So okay. yes, I guess um, I, the big takeaway of today's lessons in love is don't compromise what you love to do, you know? I am, you know, very well filing for bankruptcy, have been trying very hard to find a way to make an income. I've, I could easily go, well, maybe not as easily now since COVID, but I never had a problem in the past going to get a bartending job at night, but it sucks coming home at one, two o'clock in the morning and then getting up at 6.30 in the morning, teaching your kids, doing the chores, cooking the meals, doing all the stuff, trying to do what you really love in the interim and then going back and doing it all over again at night. I had nothing left. So I have been trying like crazy for the past couple of years to find my way with my writing, my art and these videos and and just, I I, I love it. I love it and I don't want to compromise it and trade it for anything. I was this close and I, I did start job searching last week, like actual, I'm like, let me be like an Amazon data entry person or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. something I can do at home so I don't have to go and work the late hours. But the more I thought about it and, you know, talked about it with my husband and my mom and it's just, ugh, just push push on, push on, keep going. There's something you're not seeing. Something else is going to come, but don't give up. If it makes you sad to change the course of what you're doing, then you probably shouldn't be changing the course of what you're doing. You're just not seeing another window or another opportunity hasn't arrived for you to continue on yet, you know, but I say stay on the course. If you love you. what you got in your heart and in your mind, stay the course. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Mel. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vivian says, oh, I'm tired just hearing all that you do, Melissa Price. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I usually am tired by the time I'm done brushing my teeth in the morning before I even get to list the number one on the list, you know. <laughs> but it makes me happy. It's all stuff that I love, you know. And you got big congratulations on your book. So, Thank well, you. we are almost at the hour. See, that goes fast. Can you believe it? it? 50, no, 54 can. minutes in like that. Pretty so um, we'll get ready to sign off here. Do you want to leave everybody with any last words before we go? And like I said, she will be back and we will have contact information and emails and links next time because I think you're going to have a fan base. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Um no, just thank you for giving me the opportunity to use um, lessons and legacies as a platform to share my story of my passion of kindness and love, essentially. And yeah, I'm just very appreciative of it. And I'm, appreciate, I'm appreciative of your network of people that you have. And yeah, it's an honor to 
be a part of it. Thank you. Ah, you and me both. I am very blessed to have so many amazing people in my life. And I fully believe that God is responsible for that because like I said, I get very distracted in tunnel vision and all this stuff too. And I miss sometimes the best stuff's right in front of me. And uh, so I make sure, well, God makes sure that I don't. And so he he comes to me with people. So, <laughs> and you have been such a special person in my life and I'm very excited for you and your journey, your journey with Monty. And I'm very grateful and um, I admire you for what you do. Oh gosh. How much you, you teach and how much you go out there every day giving of yourself and serving to the children of our community. And um, yeah, we, we the world needs more people like you and the world needs this book. Oh gosh, thank you. Not for your just kind the kids, but the adults too. So <laughs> um, yes, I thank you so much for coming on and we wish you the best luck and love towards the endeavor and we're going to keep working on it together and make this happen sooner rather than later. Thank you. So, um, yes, this has been Lessons in Love on Lessons in Legacies uh, with Jen Schultz and Melissa Price. Uh, tune in tomorrow at two o'clock. We have another brand new face. We have new people this week and I'm excited. Uh, we have Melissa DeGregorio tomorrow. We're going to be talking about resilience and pulling from your source. Um, then we have Stephanie Morris, who is the author of 31 Days to the Heart of Your Purpose. That will be on Thursday. And Friday, I have Brittany Thomas coming back for another episode of Laughter. So be sure to clock in at 2 o'clock live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you want to check out any of the other episodes and you really don't have the, the mind to watch them, I'm officially now on Spotify. So find Lessons and Legacies on Spotify. And uh, again... Your stories matter. That's why we're here, sharing our stories, trying to make a difference and let you guys know you're not alone. Everything you go through, your lessons become your legacies. And no matter how sticky your situation is or how impossible things may seem, know that there is always a blessing in every lesson. And it's just up to you to find it. So open your eyes, open your hearts, and uh, remember to tell your story. You guys be blessed, and we will see you at 2 o'clock tomorrow on Lessons and Legacies. Thank Peace. You.